This is We the People. This is Curtis Fitzpatrick again. Thanks for listening. Hey, I got, as usual, got a lot to talk about. Way too much to talk about, but a lot. Um, socialism. Socialism is probably the main thing I'm going to talk about today. Socialism, communism. Now, for those that don't know, socialism and communism are virtually the same, but there are distinctive differences. But you really, you honestly, you have to look hard to see them. I would explain it best as communism is more of a military um, government, where socialism maybe not so much. But there's, they're very, very similar. And honestly, just looking at them, they look about the same. So I like to use communism um, is, is our term, but, um, socialism's more, covers a lot more. But however, either or, whichever one I use, I'm referring to basically the same thing. Um, what's going on with this coronavirus is basically our government, the left side, is using this to help implement their socialistic government that they want. And I have tons of proof to prove it. I mean, I don't have the proof. If you want the proof, go read the news. But the thing is, if you'll notice, um, first and foremost, Christianity is under attack. And you can't deny it. I mean, in the first weeks of these state shutdowns, I cannot tell you how many articles I read about uh, basically whatever news outlet was doing it. I think CNN was a big one, but they all were blaming people for going to church for spreading this virus. And that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. I mean, all the stuff the people are doing, going to church, they're all getting corona. That's, that's the stupidest thing I ever heard. I don't even, can't even believe people read that rubbish and believe it. But regardless, like I've discussed in the past, you can use this liberal news to kind of figure out what's going on. What are they talking about? Well, they kept on running article and article about how the Christians, it's all their fault for having choir practice, having church, not obeying social distancing, not obeying the state um, mandatory shutdown. It's all their fault. They didn't never mentioned all the other places that were staying open that weren't legit. And I promise you, I promise you, and I had not seen one article about it, but I know enough Muslims to know I tend to doubt all the Muslim churches, the mosques shut down. Give me a break. But that that's irrelevant right now. Um, but the, there's a reason they're after Christianity. And I know what you're thinking. Why are you talking about shutting churches down? How is that linked to socialism? Well, I'm getting ready to tell you. Well, even the uh, most liberal church or secular church, you know, because one church is that the government hates, the, the left side anyway, is, the, um, is the, the, the radicals. And when I say radical Christians, I don't mean idiots like the KKK. I'm talking people that really believe it, what they're, they live it. And um, you can look at them and tell people that actually, it's not like, oh, I'm just a Christian, I go to church Sunday. You can tell it in their life. Those are the ones that they don't like. And it's because that they're dedicated to what they believe. Because, for example, um, a lot of the churches, when they were told to shut down, they immediately shut the doors. As a matter of fact, they shut the doors so quick it wasn't even funny. It was churches like, um, like mine, people like us, Pentecostals and stuff. They're like, um, hey, we're not shutting our doors. This is the United States of America. We're, we're staying open. That's our right. That's First, first Amendment right there. Um, 
that's why one of the reasons they they hate the church. Um, there's there's many other reasons. We won't get into that today. That's that's a Bible lesson right there, and, and we're actually talking politics today. But um, of course, honestly, the truth being told, if you're a true, a born again, Holy Ghost filled Christian, you're gonna understand that that everything fits into the church. But um, you know. For, for everyone else might not totally understand all that. I mean, we're not going to get into all that right now. But um, the deal is, even the most secular church, if they were allowed to have been open, they would have been preaching about faith, about not being scared, about uh, believing God to protect us. And basically, faith is the opposite of fear, and the thing is, maybe that's why people like me were not scared. It's like I believe in my God. And the thing is, I believe if it was my time, it's my time. Not instigating that you should do foolish stuff. You know, oh, God's going to protect me. I think I'm going to park my, my car on a railroad track. That's stupidity. But I'm talking about something like this. Um, you know, for those of you who have never seen the... Um, the movie, it came out, I think, in 1993. I think it was more of like a, a TV special. but it, It's been so long. Um, but it was Stephen King's The Stand. Uh, watch the first, if you watch the first 30 minutes of that, like uh, it was a government virus. It was basically the flu that was on steroids, got out, and it killed like half the world. Um, my point of mentioning that is if this virus was like that, like this virus was killing people, like in the first... Um, the scene of when the virus got out, like all the scientists are like dead, like in their lab, laying on the floor. Some people were actually like sta dead standing up because it was so deadly it killed them before they could fall on the floor. Um, if this virus was like that, I would have been a lot more submissive to the shutdown, you know, because it's like, you know, this thing is, this thing is real. This is deadly. Let's, let's, let's bunker up, man. We can't be, you know dying like that but the truth being told even in that situation i still feel it was my right that if i'm like look if i'm gonna die i'm gonna die i'm still gonna go to church um but like i said i've interviewed hundreds of people all over the country talked to my friends people i know family all over the country world even and you know the amount of people that i know that have corona is zero um I don't know one person personally who has coronavirus. However, I know people, acquaintances from different states that said that they know somebody who's died of it. But as I have pointed out to them, that's hearsay. Like if we were going to court, if this was a trial, that would be thrown out of court. What, you know somebody? You got to do more than know somebody. You got to have proof. You know, I've asked people, I was like, can you give me autopsy reports, test results? Give me their name. Where are they buried? You can't get any of that information. It's just, oh, I know somebody who died. Yeah, you, yeah, you did. I'm sure. But um, back to my original. The deal is faith is the opposite of fear. This whole thing works on fear. That's what this is. It's fear. People submit a lot better when they're scared. You know, um, if I wanted to clean a lake out, if, if my uh, local lake, Smith Mountain Lake, was um, I wanted to get everybody out of there, I wouldn't say, hey, uh, you guys got to get out of there. You know, um, you're not allowed to be in there anymore. No, you just say, oh, yeah, did you hear about the killer sharks that just got loose in there? They've been eating people in the lake. You guys might want to get out. Let me tell you something. You'd have every single person running out of that lake so fast they'd be dry by the time they got to their cars. And that's what this is. 
It's fear. And that's why they're after the church. is because the church is the opposite of fear. And the thing is, the Christian church is one of the most powerful... Well, God's church is one of the most... Is the most powerful thing on the earth next to the Lord himself. But that's besides the point. Um... The, the church is powerful. The church, even if they're not necessarily being like they should, and when I say that, I mean like the Catholic church that just, you know, took over half the world and killed a bunch of people, all that stuff. That's not, that's not what God wants his church to be. But I'm pointing to the power that they had. Church is a powerful institution, whether they're right with God or not. The church has a lot of physical power on the earth because of the structure. And like I said, if you're a Christian, if you've had a lot of experience with church, church politics, you'd under, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to make myself clear because I know everyone who listens maybe doesn't know as much about church politics and other things as maybe I do, but I know a lot of you um, do have knowledge if you've, if you've been in a church and been a deacon or a a preacher or just just downright been in one your whole life and you understand there is a certain amount of politics and power that's in a church um, regardless if that church is actually obeying the Bible and doing what they're supposed to um, the church has quite a design um, it's a beautiful thing if it's if it's proper but um, but they know that and that's why they're scared of it because the church has power and um, to, to rally people. And like I said, if everyone was allowed to go to church and all, man, there wouldn't have been half as many scared people. People have been calm. Um, you know, God, I think God's going to take care of us. You know, I, I feel better about it. Um, you know, I, I'm going to let God do his thing. But um, no, so that is one of the reasons that socialism or communism has such a hatred for uh, Christianity in the church. And uh, you got to shut it down for this thing to work. And that's exactly what they did. And it worked. But um, so that's one, one facet of, of how this, this is working towards the um, having a socialist government. Another one is their attack on the uh, small business. Because you've got to remember small business is very important in a, in a free democracy and uh you know it's it's a type of independence like the like the truth being told is Walmart is one of the biggest retailers in the world it is the biggest retailer and they pull quite a profit but if me a simple country boy wants to open up a store to compete with a Walmart I have that right and I can do that and there's a lot of people that do and you know you understand what I'm saying if I opened up a small store that would sell items like Walmart which could be just about anything because Walmart sells about everything uh, from a gun store to a bike shop to a, a small grocery store even a convenience store because they sell gasoline at, at Walmarts so that being said small businesses can compete with that and do compete and that's how it should be. That's what's made this country great. And the thing is, as much as I um, I dislike Walmart, um, I, I do admire them because if you see, um, Walmart didn't start out as a multi-billion dollar company. It started out as a small retailer. And over time, 
I mean, I think it started in, was it the 50s? I, I can't remember offhand, but they've come a long way. And the thing is, they've made a lot of good decisions that have put them where they're at, to that they're like, they're almost a world power more than a retailer. But, um, you know, I can open up a store to compete with them. Um, I don't have to shop there. I can shop other places. A lot of people do, and that's why there's hundreds of other businesses that and thrive and do well. So what they're doing is Walmart could shut have shut down for this two months. They could have shut down totally, not sold one item. And let me tell you something, they wouldn't have gone bankrupt. Sure enough, they would have had to make a few cuts and stuff to make up for their loss, but they could have easily shut down and not opened and still be closed and they'd be okay. Uh, you know, people would lose their jobs and such. People are already losing their jobs, but the thing is, being that they're so big, they're able to stand. And that's what the point is. The government is trying to cut down our retailers. Um, you know, all the big box stores are okay to stay open, but they shut down all the little independent stuff that they don't like, puts them out. And the thing is, you know, so I had a store, let's pretend I had a, um, I don't know, because it obviously couldn't have been grocery because they allow grocery and such. Um, but if I had a small, say I had a, a bike shop, well, they would have shut me down. Well, I don't know if you've been to Walmart lately, but at least in my area, you, there, there's no bikes left. Every bike is sold. Walmart got them all, but all the bike shops are closed down because they're non-essential. So if I had a little bike shop, my little town, I've been shut down for almost three months. I, how am I going to pay my rent? My taxes are still due. If I do not own the facility, my rent is still due. Um, my electric bill is still due. Water bill, sewer bill. All the people that I have purchased, vendors that I've gotten, my parts and bikes and other stuff, and, and then on top of that, employees, um, I still have to pay for all that. And, and don't even give me this, this rubbish about this stimulus for small businesses. I had not read it yet, and I don't even think they've passed it. But the thing is, I'd like to know what the... Um, strings attached to that thing are. I'm sure they're not good. You know, I don't know if you have to pay it back or what the deal is, but the thing is, it's pulling you into their control. You know, okay, I, you know, we're going to give you this money, but, um, you know, you have to now give your employees that option of having, um, you know, insurance or pay that pays for an abortion or whatever the heck. There's going to be strings attached. That's all there is to it. The government doesn't give free money. There's always something attached. And the truth being told is, quite frankly, it's definitely not free money because that money's got to be paid back some way or the other. It might not be outright, hey, you know, we gave you $20,000, you've got to give us that back. They're going to raise taxes. They're going to raise taxes and they're going to raise taxes. And basically what this is doing and like I said I mean listen to what I'm saying but I would like encourage my listeners to 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 look for themselves don't believe everything this guy says because the truth being told for you don't that don't know it I'm a truck driver I'm a professional driver I drive a tractor trailer so you're listening to a guy that didn't go to college for economics um, business economy government and I'm telling you these things so you know why would you want to listen to a guy like me speak? You know, I'm just some truck driver who's up in here telling you what's going on. But the thing is, 
you got to remember, I have nothing to profit from this. I'm not getting paid for doing this. My career has nothing to do with this, these podcasts that I'm doing. Um, a lot of this stuff is plain sight. If you have knowledge, use it. You know, read the news. Read the news with extreme caution. But start reading the news and looking around. And if you do this enough, read history. History is one of your best allies. It will open your eyes to things and you'll start... Because I was talking about some conspiracy a while back. I forget what it was. And people were just looking at me like, you're nuts. I was like, let me tell you something. I'm like, what you need to do is go down to your public library. There's a book that we have here. It's called History of the CIA. I'm like, check that out and read it. And then think of the stuff I'm talking about sounds so far-fetched. The CIA has released information that would have been classified you know, after World War II and some years after that, that's now unclassified and it's just considered, you know, whatever. But um, you'd be shocked at the stuff that agency did, the, the espionage, the, um, you know, starting wars, uh, what do they call them, black flag operations or false flag operations. You know, that's what that agency was birthed out of. What do you think they're doing now? And the thing is, and you can go back into further into history and see uh, countries, kings, emperors, dictators, all types of people that did misled their people, lied to their people. This isn't, this isn't a new thing. This has been going on since the beginning of time. So, I mean, some of the conspiracies you hear, you know, you know watch out on conspiracies because a lot of that stuff's pretty wild. But the thing is, you can actually start reading history Looking at what's going on now, looking on what you actually physically see, talking and listening to people like me, and actually start putting the pieces together. And the truth being told is I am not 100% accurate in all the stuff that I say. I have a very high accuracy. Um, but the thing is, but no, not every, how could everything I say be true? I'm talking about what's going on in the whole of the United States. I live in a small part of the United States. I told you I talked to hundreds of people, talked to hundreds and hundreds, um, but still, there's 330 million people in this country, so everything I'm saying is reflecting a small part, but the thing is, where I'm saying this communication is getting important is a lot of the feedback I'm getting back from other people is very similar to what I'm saying, it's just a lot of them are too scared to say anything. That's why I started this podcast is to kind of let a lot of other people know like, hey, you're not the only one who's just thinking that this thing smells rotten. But my point of all that was I was getting at is if you read enough history, do enough studying, um, read the news, pay attention, you'll actually start to get a sense like that gut feeling. And again, the gut feeling isn't always right. But in um, most people, once you really develop it, you'd be surprised how accurate it is. And like when this thing first came out, I had a gut feeling. I'm like, something isn't right about this. This this coronavirus, something doesn't seem right. And I was definitely right on. And there's a lot of other people with me on this. And that's another thing. Look at the news. What are they saying? They have a lot to say about us doubters. They, I've seen so many mean articles about the doubters. The doubters, you know, they doubt coronavirus and then they caught it. Because I, I wrote a letter to somebody about that. They were, they were blasting it, saying, oh, you know, this guy supposedly had got corona after he was a corona doubter. And I said that same thing. Hey, where's the, where's the report? Where's the, um, the, show me the test results. Post the test results. I want to see it. I don't believe that he has it. Just because you, he said something bad, 
about it. He didn't believe in it. And then he got sick. You're going to say he had it. I don't believe it. I, I, I want proof. You know, I'm from Missouri. I'm the show me state, man. Show me something. Um, and needless to say, all the people I've talked to that said they've known, none of them have been able to provide that. So that being said, it's like, okay, you're okay. I, I believe you. you. He talked bad about it. Somebody had told me when this all first started about a preacher who said something. I think he got up behind his pulpit, said something about it. He didn't believe it. And then he caught it next week and died. Because the, the boy who told me that, I, I trained him back in the day um, how to drive a truck. And um, he had told me about it. And I looked at him. I was like, dude, I was like, I don't believe it. I'm like, do you know this preacher? What state's he from? What news outlet did you hear it from? Did they show the autopsy reports? And he's just kind of like, you know, Curtis, you're, you, you could be right. And I'm like, yeah, I could be. I could be wrong. But you know what? It just seems a little suspicious that they're talking about all the people that said something bad about it and died. And it's like they're making a big deal about them. Oh, they doubted it and they're dead. They died of corona. Okay. Um, you think you guys would find something more interesting to, to talk about, like how to cure it? And masks obviously don't work. They don't talk about the people that wear masks and die of it, you know? And, and like I said, when you have 330 million people, a lot of stuff can happen. And the thing is, yeah, there's a chance somebody could say, hey, I don't believe in it, and then they catch it and die. I mean, that's realistic out of 330 million people, but, they're may but what they're trying to do is make it look like anybody who doubts it, anybody, whatever, that's so bad that you just walk outside, you might just catch it getting your mail out of the mailbox. And that's a bunch of horse manure. It's not true. I go back to Stephen King's The Stand. Until I see people dying on the streets or dying in the standing up position, I'm not really going to be that scared about it. Um, and then another thing is, they say this thing is a modified version. It might be. Again, I've not seen any documentation or proof to prove that. And these diseases and plagues do evolve themselves. That, that's a fact. Um, Again, if you read a little bit about disease, there's this really good book. Um, I wish I could remember the name. My buddy is supposed to let me borrow it again. I actually read it like six, seven years ago. It's on, um, it was on pandemics and epidemics. and um, Very interesting book. Very intriguing. I think it talked about everything from HIV to um, the Black Death. and if, uh, uh, What's that? The Ebola virus? Stuff like that. Very interesting. But... Um, you know, he, it, um, but if you read about this stuff, the coronavirus has been around for forever. It's been, it's been around as long as everything else. One thing, um, if you've not heard this, if you have a Lysol disinfectant can, read the back of it. It's on there. It is on there. It says, because if you've ever, <laughs> if, I, if you're weird like me and you read everything, you know, you, you find a lot of interesting stuff on the back of packaging, but it says it. It's, it kills coronavirus. It kills, like, HIV. It kills everything. Like I said, if you've read it, you'll see that. But that's not new. They didn't just start printing that on the labels. It's been on the labels because corona's been around forever. It's no different than the flu in the fact that it's just a disease and whatever. Maybe it could. One thing that I will say is this virus could be. Um, have evolved a little bit and might be a little bit more severe than the normal flu to certain um, ca uh, categories of people. Um, I'm not going to take that away. That is a very real possibility. I know what you're thinking. Like, wow, he's starting to backpedal after all he said. I'm not backpedaling because the thing is the actions that have been taken for this 
have nothing to do with the disease. It has to do with control and the, um, the introduction of socialism. The thing is, um, another thing to keep in mind is it isn't a, um, a new thing to get a pandemic every couple hundred years or 50 years. So the thing is, you know, I don't know if any of you guys read like the Farmer's Almanac or anything like that or, you know, I'm not talking about witchcraft or anything, but like reading the stars or looking at the stars but or the seasons, is you can actually make predictions of things that are going to happen by looking at certain things in life. This is a fact. You know, if you get too deep into that stuff with the stars, I mean, that's witchcraft. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Um, that's, <laughs> that's a whole other issue. But what I'm saying is there are people that run this country, this world, in fact, that are very intelligent people. Um, I've pointed out to some of my buddies that um, these people in office are not stupid, or at least on a higher level. On some of the local levels, I'm starting to wonder. But these people are very intelligent. These people are educated. They're not dumb. And they have insight of what's going on and they can see things because you've got to remember, we'll look at it in this analogy. It would be the equivalent to putting people on literal levels. Like there's the people that say are in poverty, um, live on the street. We'll put them on the bottom level, low income people. And then maybe a little bit higher class or middle class people. That's like where most of us are at. And then maybe rich people and then maybe high powerful people, people around the country. So you see my tower keeps on getting bigger. So the people on the top will say the fifth story, they have a bit a better view than we do. And that is why they can see things coming. They might have very well known that there was going to be a bad flu this year. And that's why they decided to use it. As for China releasing this flu and all this stuff, like I said, I've seen no evidence to prove that. And I'm not saying they didn't because it's a very good possibility. But there's no proof. Show me the proof. You just say it's the Chinese flu. Did it come from China? Did it come from somewhere else? For all I know, Nancy Pelosi let the thing out. That's what I'm getting at. There's no evidence. There's no proof. So the thing is, I don't know who to believe. But where what my general opinion of this thing is, is that... Um, I do believe that the Chinese probably were messing with it and something let out. Whether they did it on purpose, I honestly don't have an opinion on because that's, that's starting to get into an area where I have no insight. Um, but regardless, I think that the United States might have had an idea that this was going to happen, you know, because you, you have to remember, like, say, with North Korea in the nukes. The thing is, like, we knew about North Korea and what they were doing. The thing is, if the Chinese were playing with some biological stuff, we, I'm sure we knew about it before they were actually getting crazy with it. So that being said, you know, person on the fifth story, you know, Bill Gates. Bill Gates would be a perfect one um, on the fifth story. The man is, is an absolute elite. He's one of the richest people that ever lived. He invented some stuff that, you know... He's, he's, he's high up there, and plus his organization and all that stuff. And as for him having to do with it and all that, I don't know. But I'm just saying, he's going to have more insight than the average person. And so that being said, you wonder if they kind of plan this one out. Like, okay, you know, we're going to get a virus to come around. It's going to be a little bit more severe than normal. Let's use this as our catalyst to go after our socialist agenda. Um, what's that one? Is it, what is it called? Is it agenda 21? 
I'm trying to remember, it's that UN, or Resolution, it might be Resolution 21 or something like that. I'm sure you heard about that, and that's not a conspiracy, it's a fact. That kind of all fits into the socialism, um, socialism government and all that. So, you know, back to the small businesses, um, if you were to wipe out small business, you wiped out the independence of the American people. You took away their religion. And now you took away small business. And the thing is, the next thing to go, so you know, is freedom of speech. And I think that the thing with the masks and the social distancing and not letting people gather is a perfect way to take away freedom of speech. You know, you know, most people, um, I know that, you know, for a perfect example, podcast, email, all this stuff, you know, is a great way to communicate and... It, it works, but the deal is you're not going to replace face-to-face talking. It just, there's something about it. And that, heck, that brings you back to the church because they're like, oh yeah, you can have online church. It isn't the same. The thing is, I don't know any of you Christians seen it, but I've seen it. I've been in a church and I've seen God heal people of, of heck, diseases. I've seen a guy with a broken back. Um, or it was a fractured back, excuse me. I seen God heal him of that. The thing is, I'm not saying God can't heal online, but the thing is there's something in the structure of, of being physically around people. And I, I don't mean to be um, offensive or gross, but I kind of got to telling a few people, I'm like, you know what, you know, let's have, we'll start having cyber sex with your wife instead of having physical intercourse with her. Why don't you have cyber sex over the internet? Yeah, that's a great idea. You're trying to have a baby, have cyber sex. It doesn't work. It's not real. And that's kind of how I feel about the thing with the churches. But um, back to the freedom of speech, um, I know I, I get off trail a lot, but like I said, I do have a lot to say. Um, you're, you're, you're absolutely taking the freedom of speech away. That's what the idea is. That's why people, they want you to wear a mask. Those masks don't work. Most of you folks out there in the medical field that I've talked to say for this, they do not work. They're not helping. Um, and if anything, they're actually causing health issues because for one, like I said, you got so many people that are, are laymen and, um, you know, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a medical professional. I'm a truck driver. Um, but the thing is you get these people that are apparently getting vacuum cleaner bags and cutting them open and making masks. Well, if any of you guys ever opened a, a bag, a lot of them are actually made out of fiberglass. And just so you know, fiberglass is really bad for you. That would be like the equivalent of getting some insulation and wrapping it around your face. I mean, it actually will filter the air, I'm sure, but uh, but you're inhaling something that's way more <laughs> is way more toxic. And uh, a lot of these masks people are wearing make it more laborsome on your breathing, which so you know is not good for your heart. Um, you know, I've talked to medical professionals. This is what they've told me. And the thing is, if any of you have ever worked with biohazards or chemical hazards or even radiation, um, my dad worked with a radioactive material from what I understand. Um, I don't know a great deal about what he did. Um, it was classified, believe it or not. But um, and sadly, he's no longer with us. So I, the little stuff I do know, I guess I can say, because I wouldn't want to get him in trouble. But uh, he, he, for the record, he was very shut-lipped. I used to try to get information from him. He wouldn't tell me much. I'm just nosy. But he weighed radioactive pellets. That's what he did. He worked in what was called a hot room. And um, they wore a full body suit. 
respirator. I do not know if the respirator was a mobile device or if they actually their tubes ran to like a central unit, but regardless, you did not, your body was total atmospheric. You could not be exposed to this stuff. It was deadly radiation. I think it was uranium pellets, but uh, they would have to, you know, suit up. I think it took 30 minutes to suit up and suit down, but you had to take, I think it was a D, a a shower like in the suit you had to get disinfected because remember if you're exposed to radiation you're wearing the suit you're protected but you take the suit off you're being exposed to radiation because there's radiation on the suit you see and so they actually had to go decontaminate however that was i think it was probably a shower i don't know if there was some sort of chemical in the shower or not i don't like i said i don't know a lot about radiation and he didn't tell me too much but they would, the reason I know what I do is because he said that it was a real ha hassle if you had to go to the bathroom because you couldn't just run out there and, <laughs> and use the urinal. You had to go, disinfect, do all that stuff, get undressed, go to the bathroom, then suit back up. So it was like an hour deal just to go to the bathroom. Um, so that being said, you need to think of this virus like radioactive material. The thing is, even worse, because at least with radioactive material, you know it's on you. With this, you don't. So it's like, okay, so I'm wearing my mask and my gloves, walking through Walmart. Well, as soon as I get out, I, t I lift my mask up and take my gloves off. You can't do that. If the virus, and they did say this virus supposedly floats in the air for 24 hours and doesn't die for like a year when it touches a surface or whatever they said. So you walk out of Walmart after being supposedly exposed to this deadly virus and you don't even know if you did or not you lift your mask up over your head you're touching your face you take your gloves off you just contaminated your whole purpose of wearing that was was nil nothing you, you, you just got contaminated that's why this thing is absurd making people wear masks they're not wearing them properly out of all the hundreds and i've probably seen more than hundreds of people wearing masks i don't think i've seen one person wearing them right because i watch them and they'd be touching their face. They'd be sticking their hands here and there, touching items. And then on top of that, who's to say your groceries aren't contaminated? Because the truth being told, if this virus stays in the air that long, everything you purchased at Walmart is contaminated. You need to decontaminate yourself and your groceries as soon as you exit. So basically, this is how it would be. You gear up with all your um, PPE, go into Walmart, buy everything. And when you get out, you need to go into a decontaminating chamber, disinfect yourself and the items you purchased. And then when you leave that um, decontamination, get into your vehicle, assuming your vehicle was a decontaminated area. And, and the truth is being they're acting like this virus is everywhere. You'd honestly need to have your car like parked in a decontaminated zone and you'd have to go through like a air sealed tunnel that's clean to go into your vehicle and uh, assuming your windows are up and everything is sealed off that no virus could get in your car while you're driving down the street and then you come to your house and hopefully you would have another decontamination place so you can pull in and decontaminate your vehicle before you can get out and take your groceries out. That's basically how it would have to be. And I hadn't seen one person doing that or heard one person. It's absurd. So the masks are useless and I think all they're doing is to scare people and to block freedom of speech. Um, I was wearing a mask for my job dealing with customers because as much as it irked me to do it, the thing is working for my company, one of my jobs is to serve my customers. And the thing is if wearing a mask makes my customers feel safe 
and plus some of the stores have policies that you have to wear them, you just have to do it. And that hurts me to say that because it feels against everything I believe. But, you know, sadly, we do have to make compromises, and that's one of them. But I kind of I ended up quitting using my mask because most of the stores weren't really requiring it, even though they wanted it. And they, they all know me, and they're just like, yeah, oh, man, Curtis, man, he does not like masks. Um, but I found it hard to breathe. Um, and I have heavy breath. And so like my thing will get soaking wet and I'll have a huge wet spot on my mask. That's just, that's, dis- that's disgusting. Um, it's, it's hard. I find it hard to talk to people. I find it hard to look in people's eyes when you're wearing a mask. And truth being told is I think if you're wearing one, you, you'll agree with me. It's awkward. I, I was talking to a girl, a friend of mine works at a Starbucks and she was wearing a mask and, and I was kind of being foolish and I kind of insulted the masks, not that she was wearing one, I was just insulting them in general. And I kind of ended up kind of backpedaling because I felt bad because I wasn't trying to insult her. Starbucks makes them wear them. She had no choice. But you could just see the awkwardness, um, not just me insulting the mask, but it was, it was so hard to talk to her, you know, because we as humans, we work off of faith, facial recognition and expressions. You know, I have a year old baby and, um, you know, we play peekaboo and all that stuff. And I've noted that when if I have like a pillow or a blanket like half up over my face and I say something to him, sometimes he'll like stop because he doesn't know if I he like he'll be laughing and I'll say something to him and he'll like stop and like look at me because he can't see what expression I have because what I said sounded firm even though I was smiling when I said it. And if I wasn't wearing that over my face, he would have known that, oh, daddy's just joking. But when it's covering it, He's just like, is, is daddy, is daddy mad? Is daddy happy? What's going on? And so you, of course, I usually drop the, the blanket and be like, oh, buddy, I'm, I'm just playing with you. And you go, oh, okay. You know, whatever. But, um, but that being said, that even shows just with a baby facial recognition. He recognized I'm smiling. I'm frowning. I mean, I see my baby getting into something he's not supposed to. I just look at him and he knows he's not supposed to be doing that. Um, and again, I've experimented with it a few times and you can just, I can say the same thing in the same tone, but my facial expression, that baby reacts to. Because I get on him a little bit about getting into, he likes, as all year-old babies do, getting into things that are dangerous. You know, he'll reach up for something that will hit him in his head. So he'll be like, you know, buddy, no. You know, and um, he'll look at my face. And sometimes if I know it's something that he knows he's not supposed to be in, you know, I'll be a little bit more firm. And you'll just, um, and you'll just see him, you know, he looks at my face like, oh, he, daddy's serious. But if it's something that I just, I just don't want to mess him with, like, hey, buddy, don't do that. Um, but I'm smiling. You'll see, he'll, he'll kind of tell like, oh, daddy's not mad. Daddy's not mad. He's just, you know, whatever, you know, the facial expression is very important. That's how God made us. Um, so this mask thing is absolutely absurd and it's killing, it's killing a certain amount of, um, socializing it's and you got to remember that's part of being a free society is freedom of speech making me cover my face is killing my freedom of speech not just because of my voice it's my expression it's the way i look the way i feel the way i my face is and the thing is and i'm obviously not necessarily a uh, <laughs> for it but you know all these people that like pierce their faces all weird and 
tattoos on their face. I, I think that's real stupid. But the truth being told is this is America. And if you want to do that to your face, that's your business because they're expressing themselves. And even though I think they're absurd, that's their right. And, you know, I'm clean shaven. I, um, I, um, I like my face to be very clean shaven and I like to, you know, I try to spend a little time in the sun so I have a slight bit of a tan on my face. That's, that's how I want to project myself. That's my image. That's who I am. That's my expression. So to make me cover that, you are de- denying me the right of free speech. And that's the point. Because um, speech and free ideas is what makes this a free country and makes this the greatest country in the world. And they're trying to stifle that because when people are free to express themselves, yeah, you might have that guy that has 50 piercings and a tattoo on his face. That's what he wants to express. But you got people like me that are expressing our opinions on, on free government and, and religion and all that. And then, you know, you got another guy expressing himself on, um, you know, the way he wants to run his business. That's what this country was built on. And they're trying to destroy that. So... There you have it with the masks. That's that's pretty much, I think that sums it up. So you got freedom of speech, destroying religion, and small businesses. Those are very important parts of, of putting socialism in. And another great way they're putting uh, socialism in this country is the bankrupting of our country. But the bankrupting fits in with everything else. Um, whosever's idea this was, I give them full credit. They're, they're pretty clever thinking this up, and they've done a good job so far. <laughs> but, I mean, I forget what our deficit was before this retarded uh, stimulus happened, and I think they're getting ready to do another one. $3 trillion, and then they're getting ready to do another 3 or $4 trillion, and I think we were already in debt like $10 trillion. Do you know how much money that is? That's impossible to pay back. Um, that's going to cause inflation. That's going to cause so much. Um... And being they destroyed all the small businesses. Do you see what's going on? They're destroying everything. And so that is how they're going to get control. Because the truth being told is if you lose your job, you lose your house, you lose all this stuff, you're going to have to count on your government. And the thing is, and if you see, they're already stepping up there. They're like, we're going to help you. And the truth is, they are helping us. They're helping us out of a disaster that they made. And so it's like, oh yeah, they'll give us... um, We talked about it earlier. Give us money so I can open my business back up. Yeah, but they're going to put a bunch of strings on it. And it's the same thing with the stimulus. They might give us some more stimulus, but it's going to start being strings on it. You know, hey, you know, we're going to give you money, but you got to do this or you got to do that. And it's not good. It is, um, you know, a lot of us... uh, Everybody seems to be related to somebody on the Mayflower. I think supposedly I'm related to some of the folks that come over on the Mayflower. Uh, Hey, you know what? I've never seen any documentation or proof, so I don't even know if that's true or not, but it sounds good. Um, So let's just pretend that we were. So, okay. The reason we came over here was for economic and religious freedom. That's why we left Europe. That's why we left. We didn't want that. That's why we fought in the Revolutionary Wars. We were sick and tired of them telling us what to do and taxing the fire out of us. That's how this country began. Why is it that so many Americans are okay to become socialist? 
the Europeans are pushing for us um, to do it. The UN, I think, is probably one of our worst enemies. And it cracks me up because the UN is mostly made up of a bunch of European elites that don't have a clue. And they want to bring us to their level. Well, let me tell you something, Mr. UN members. Let me tell you something, Mr. Elite Europeans. The United States of America is the greatest nation that ever was. There's no nation that ever has compared with the United States. And I'm not just saying this because I'm an American. I'm saying it because I've read enough history. You can say, well, hey, the Romans were great. The Romans were great. And the Romans laid foundation for a lot of other great, well, for the United States, you know, where a lot of our stuff is based off, off of them. And the thing is, they were this a humongous world power and they had the most, uh, you know, their army was, was just massive and, and so uh, superior to everybody else. And they just had so much and conquered so much. And yes, they were great. And there was many great nations throughout history. But the United States is the greatest that's ever been. The thing is, you've got to remember... If you go through a list of inventions, things that are just things that were invented that major impacted the world, you're going to find most of them come from the United States. And if you really want to get funny with it, a lot of them came from Ohio, which I still don't understand. Um, I don't, I actually spend time in Ohio. My wife is from Ohio and I go up there and I'm just, it seems like every time I go up there, I find something new that was invented up there. I was over by the Kettering Hospital, and uh, my mother-in-law pointed to a house, and I think it was the guy that lived there invented the cash register or something to that nature. I'm just like, oh, wow, invented the cash register. That's crazy. Um, but I, I think it's because <laughs> their soil. Their soil has so much minerals in it. I mean, they have the most beautiful brown soil I've ever seen. I think, I think that that's giving people extra protein or something to the brain, and they're all like abnormally smart. Um, Heck, one of my um, nephews is from up there, and that little kid is a genius. I, he um, blows my mind, and so I, I kind of laugh about them. You know, I'm like, man, these people are all um, all real smart up here. That's nice, but I'm um, like, I'm <laughs> I'm from Virginia. I ain't that bright, but uh, you know, look at all the things that were just invented. Um, and obviously, the most biggest invention that come from the United States, or well, we'll say from Ohio, was the, the airplane. That's where the Wright brothers were from. Um, the airplane changed our world, changed war, changed uh, communication, it changed shipping, it changed travel. That was an American innovation. Um, you know, cash register, that was a great invention too, but we won't even talk about that. Um, I think the barcode was invented in New Jersey. Um, you know, you know, the, you know, I don't know about, uh, Smith and Wesson. I, yeah, I think he, I think he did invent the revolver, but I, I don't want to say that for sure. Cause I can't remember. But the thing is, regardless of that, if you look at most of the things that have influenced the world in the last, you know, 250 years, most of them come from the United States. Um, the nuclear bomb that was, that was from the United States. Um, you know, granted the Russians might've beat us to space, but we beat them to the moon. Um, and the thing is, if that's the greatest thing Russia did was get a man into space, that's about all they did because I can't tell you much else that come out of Russia other than misery. Um, United States is just the leader. Um, they, I think they said it was the French that invented the first automobile, but America perfected it. It's just like if we didn't invent it, we perfected it. I mean, the thing is, that's how it is because we're a free country. 
Um, obviously, I'm not a huge fan of Hollywood and a lot of the rubbish that they put out. Um, but you got to talking just about how influential of a country we are. Look at Hollywood. Hollywood has affected hairstyles, clothing, the way people carry themselves, language, all across the world. There is no country that has not been influenced by Hollywood. And the thing is, like I said, I'm not necessarily proud of that. Um, honestly, I can't blame some of these uh, more uh, conservative countries for being like, oh man, you, you, this, this uh, <laughs> big saint. And, well, you know what, if Hollywood's all they got to view us from, I can't blame them for saying that. But um, the thing is, I'm after the, the fact that we, we just have so much influence. And obviously, not everybody's just for all that rubbish. So, you know, you know we, we got problems as a country, but we're no more the big saint than any other country. But we have the influence. We have it. Um, almost everything big has come out of here. The thing is, in Europe, a lot big come out of Europe 600 years ago. 300 years ago, Europe might have been it, but not anymore. They lost it. And the thing is, and that's where they kind of, these UN people remind me of, is it's just kind of like, they're like the old world. Like, oh, we're great. We're great. You need to be like us. Okay, what do you got? Um, Notre Dame? Well, heck, didn't that place burn down? What do you guys got? What do you got that we need? You don't have anything we need. Granite, you know, we, a lot of us come out of there. You know, I'm, I'm obviously... Um, Anglo-Saxon or whatever you want to call it. I mean, I'm of European descent and they laid a foundation for us to build a great country. But the thing is, they're not, they're not, we don't want to be them. We come out to be this great nation. We don't want to go back. And the thing is, you got all those little jerks sitting around in their UN chairs wanting to dominate what we do. And it's just like, no, you guys are nothing. Europe, you know, you're a bunch of, Europe is the equivalent to the United States, except every single state was a different country. That's basically what Europe is. So it's like, yeah, I mean, there's some great stuff come out of there. And, and Europe is beautiful and a lot of great things up there, you know, um, but we're way better. I know a lot of people that go to Europe, go to Italy and all that stuff. And I would love to go someday, but it's not high on my priority list because I'm like, why would I want to go there? There's nothing there I want. It's a dead old nation. Um, you know, Rome is pretty. I've seen pictures of it. But you know what? I think our capital, D.C., is prettier. I think we have better monuments. I think that you know, the United States is great. I don't need Europe telling me how to live and wanting to make us socialistic like them. You know, they're ridiculous, um, what was that, the EU, they're, they're ridiculous Euro. Um, it doesn't work. I mean, if they want it, they can have it, but we don't want it. And the thing is, I don't understand how people have gotten to office in this country that think that the American people want this. Most of us don't want it. Even the ones that don't really realize it because they don't pay attention to what's going on, most of us don't want it. And then the truth being told is a lot of the people that do want it, if we had it, they would regret it. If they lived to regret it, they would regret it. The thing is, you know, I think it was Russia that people were, were starving to death and there was enough grain in the, the field to feed the whole country. The thing is when the government, the government is for the people by the people. The thing is I don't need the government regulating every well when i say regulating i mean running i don't mind government regulation and oversight i think that that's very helpful because there's so many facets of life 
and it does need to be regulated. But the thing is, but there has to be a lot of leeway that we have a lot of play. And the thing is, I've pointed this out many a times. I'll point it out again. When's the last time you've been to the DMV? Tell me, did you wait in line? Tell me, did you feel like you were served well? I doubt it. Um, when I go to the DMV, I try not to talk to people because usually somebody starts going ballistic. And, you know, they have guards in there now, and I'm not trying to get involved in anything. I just need to renew my license so I can, um, you know, leave. But um, because it's run by the government, there's no competition. Like if the DMV was privately run, you know, heck, I hate this DMV over here. DMV, DMV, George, run by George. George and company will say, they stink. I'm going to go over here to DMV run by uh, mom and pop. They run it better. They actually have discount prices. They actually have a soda machine and they're half price sodas and a coffee bar. Um, I'm going to go to that DMV. I, I like them. They're better. They have a drive through window. You see what I'm saying? If there's competition, it makes it work. It makes a better market. When things are government run, they're highly ineffective and inefficient. Um, you know, they waste more money than they make. And then there's a lot of bureaucratic rubbish that goes with it. Um, so that being said, why on earth do I want my government to run my health care? They can't even run the DMV. Okay, we're going to have them run food, food production. Great idea. Government runs food production. There'll be a line out the door just like at the DMV. What else do you want them to run? And the thing is, another thing where this is going to go, and this is, this is going to be in the future, this isn't going to be right away, but they're going to have control over the amount of children that you're allowed to have. And then they're going to do that, um, what's that testing? I, I forget the name of it, but it's like you can test your baby before he's born to see if he has problems and whatever. I promise you. And then if it's not in the next 10 years, it will be in the next 25 that the government is going to, if we don't do anything anyway, the government's going to make it, oh, your, your child is retarded or he is going to have special needs. So we're going to require you to abort him. We are going to abort your baby. That's going to happen, folks, just so you know. Um, for some of you sickos, that's not a bad idea because you're already killing your healthy babies. But the thing is, you know, and God forbid... Um, that you have an unhealthy baby, but the thing is, as a parent, you can't kill your children. And I think most people out there listening to me are on my side on that one. I hope you are. You know what? If you're not, you need to be because you're going to go to hell. Um, we'll talk about that another time. The thing is, you can't kill your baby if he's unhealthy or if he's going to have special needs. I, I can't tell you how many people I know a guy work with them. He has a special needs daughter. I think she is, uh, what do you call it? I think she's autistic. And he showed me pictures. She's a cute little thing. He loves that girl. He loves that girl. I think he loves that girl more than if she was healthy. And we were talking about her. And I don't, I've not spent a lot of time around special needs children. But, but what he was telling me, she sounded like she had a personality like my son. And uh, my son is perfectly healthy and perfectly mentally healthy and all that stuff. But what I'm getting at is that little girl has a sweet little personality just like if she was like didn't have special needs. So they're people. They're God, they're God made that, allowed that child to be conceived whether they're retarded or autistic or healthy. And, they, and most of them um, – and, and to kill that would be is, – is disgraceful. Um, 
And the thing is, and, and a real parent loves that child as much as if it was healthy. And so that being said, you know, how dare they? But that's coming, my friends. It's coming. Nazi Germany killed retarded babies. They didn't have the technology we do now. Let me tell you, if they did, they'd have been borting them right before they were born because they didn't want unhealthy babies. They killed retarded children and, and adults and such. That's where our government's going. Um, you got to wake up out there, people, and see this. It's, it's sad, but that all fits in to what they're doing, wanting to destroy freedom of speech, destroy religion, destroy businesses, bankrupt the country. Then they can really start to put all that other stuff in for absolute control. I don't want to absolute control. Um, I want to have the right to d- do what I want. Um, you know, within, you know, reason, but, uh, you know, I, I hope that my, um, conversation has been informative, but, um, basically this is the beginning of a socialist United States. Those are the three major blocks or four major blocks, building blocks for the foundation to successfully build this as a socialistic nation. That's one is to destroy freedom of speech is to destroy number two is to destroy a religion, um, bankrupt the country by just, and then destroying small businesses. Might not be the exact order, but that all is the four cornerstones of the socialism building that they're trying to build in this country. And you need to be aware of it. You need to talk about it. And one real important thing is you need to reject it. You need to make your... um. Whatever state you're from, you need to be calling your representatives and letting them know you're not into what's going on. And the shutdown is the main thing I can tell you that you have to be against. I know they're lightening up on some of the states, but they should have never done it to start with. I think all these people that are opening their businesses in California and all that, I totally, man, makes me proud. I wish we'd get more of that. I think a fellow in New Jersey opened up his gym and I think they arrested him. God bless him, man. I say when he gets out, open it again and let him arrest you. Got to stand up against this. Um, That is, this shutdown is kind of the, um, it's not the, it's not the cornerstone. I already told you what those are, but this is kind of the conduit. This is what's being used to help build it. Hey, we'll, we'll put it this way. It's the trough that the concrete's coming down to fill those blocks I just mentioned. You got to reject it. You cannot allow your state to have you shut down. I encourage people to fight social distancing, to ignore mask rules. Um, I encourage protests at your state building. Um, Michigan made me proud with what they did. However, just for the absolute record, I do not encourage or condone violence. That's not where we're at right now, and that's not going to help our cause. Um, and for my friends up in Michigan, um, I really admire them because the, even though the news wants to betray them as a bunch of psycho terrorist, evil people, it kind of is ironic that all those guns, nobody got shot. And they even said that the police were pretty much good with the people. And that's because most, most gun carrying Americans like that are not violent people. A lot of them are well-trained, uh, former military or former law enforcement, if not still active. And, um, you know, violence is not what they want. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Okay, there was one fight. You, every protest, you get one fight. But I, like I said, there wasn't one person hospitalized. There wasn't a bullet shot. 
And then there was that guy that um, sent a bunch of threatening stuff over the internet. Every protest and every issue going on, there's always some idiot that's going to send a government um, official or somebody, some something threatening. It's kind of uh, par for the course. But the thing is, that fellow that was um, arrested for threatening the Michigan governor, I think the dude probably had mental problems. And the truth being told is... He didn't probably, a lot of what he believed might not have been um, what the rest of them believed. The thing is, and even if he did believe everything that we believed, he did believe something that we didn't. He believed in going around threatening people and stuff. We don't believe that. And my friends in Michigan proved that because one guy got arrested, one idiot. And I don't even know if he was at the protest. I just know he said he wanted to shoot the governor or do something to her. 